Now, the rules are, when you're in that chair, you have mm-hmm. to dance when the theme song comes on. Okay. Welcome back to Dad's Meet World, your weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show, Boy Meets World. I am Dad number one this week, Tyler. And I am Dad number two, Brett. And I've got a special guest in the studio behind me. Hello. (laughs) Who are you? I'm bad at introductions. (laughs) Well, special guest, who are you? Hello. I, I am your child. My child. Yeah. Yes. My eldest wow. child yeah. is back. I'm here again. Yes. It's awesome. Our, our uh, Shakespearean uh, <laughs> expert uh, correspondent and also resident teenager correspondent is back with us uh, for another wonderful by installment. That introduction. <laughs> Before we get started, I just want to come out and say happy anniversary to my beautiful, wonderful wife. Uh, you're incredible. Ten years has gone by way too quickly. Uh, also, it's fitting that our flower girl is here recording with us today. Um, can't believe that she is ten years older than when she was in our wedding. Um, life is going way too quickly, uh, but you make it better every day. And yeah, hopefully, I won't get you a trash compactor at our uh, <laughs> seventeen uh, anniversary. Uh, yes, congratulations, that's the 18th, Tyler and Sarah. Anniversary. Yes, that's 18th. <laughs> but congratulations, <laughs> you guys. Uh, but anywho, we're back for another episode. We got uh, Abby in a chair. Abby, you're yeah. sitting in a very special new chair that Kelly complained about the last time she was on. How does the chair feel? <laughs> I think the chair is great. Yes, the chair was not here last time. That's why the complaint was lodged. And uh, the plans were already in place to replace it with this new one. And uh, yeah, it's here. It's nice. I've sat in it when I, I put it together. But, it, yes. I don't think it made to air just how much Kelly was like, I don't like my chair. This chair is horrible. To be fair. Kelly, okay? No, my chair is making me mad. To be fair, it was like a two hour recording session in a folding chair. And by the end, your mother was sitting on the floor. I like sitting on the floor. <laughs> she doesn't. Oh, <laughs> that's disappointing. Oh. Yeah. It, well, what, what happens whenever all four of us end up recording is we do our normal episode. Plus the girls give their interpretation of stuff. And normally it's us trying to be like, so what did you think girls? And then they go, well, I don't know. I don't know why you have me on here. It's like, <laughs> let's try again, girl. <laughs> but we're happy you're back here. And Abby, you have a little update on something you had teased uh, in season one. Would you like to tell us what what went on with you uh, in your musical experience? Oh, yeah. I had an amazing show. Shrek was awesome. I was baby bear and was the best baby bear ever. So very nice. So what was like a line that baby bear said that was so spectacular? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Don't die. Best line in the musical by far. It's amazing. Yelled from just before running off stage left. <laughs> yep. Well, I, nice. I go off, then I jump out and then I run back off. <laughs> 
Very nice. I can just picture it now in my head. So <laughs> wonderful. Terrific. Uh, we do thank you for coming back on the podcast. We know that you uh, sharing your voice isn't always a joyful thing for you. But uh, yeah, we're happy you're here. Yeah. Yes, we are. It's, <laughs> just and we cool. are officially at getting towards the end of school. So Abby, are you failing any classes and ready to pass? No, I am not failing <laughs> classes. Don't worry. My lowest grade is a C. It's okay. Yes, heads Good. are above water in our household, thankfully. <laughs> the lot C is like a 79, so it'll probably be a V. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, I full-blown was yelling at a student today on the bus because she was giving me all these excuses for why she wasn't doing well in a class. And I go, you have no excuses. Go talk to your professor. Well, my pr my professor, <laughs> teacher. And I go, your teacher is here to help you. Don't use that excuse. Well, they're kind of scary. I'm like, how long have you had them for? All year? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have an excuse. Go talk to your teacher. Just driving me Sounds crazy. a little familiar, doesn't it? I'm not afraid of Mr. Kern anymore. <laughs> not anymore. It's okay now. Yeah. Don't you, Mr. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I was re-listening to that episode uh, when we just dropped, and I, I did like how you edited that, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Right. Uh, outside of your child being in the booth with you, what's new with you and how are you? Oh, what is this, Monday? Oh. Monday. Oh, yeah. It's just really busy at work. It's that time of year. And uh, yesterday was Mother's Day. So we got to treat uh, Kelly to a lot of nice Mother's Day stuff. And uh, so got some really nice gifts for her. Got to send her off to uh, play up in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, musical. <laughs> Abby went up with her and actually my mother went up. So it was uh, three generations uh, enjoying the uh, Tina musical. Yes. Uh, Tina Turner's life put to song and dance. But uh, so it was quiet around here. Just me and the boys. But uh, before that, got to really celebrate Kelly and uh, and my mom. Take them out to dinner beforehand. And uh, so, yeah, it's been busy at work, but uh, just as busy at home, really. <laughs> what about you in, uh, in Tylerville? Well, uh, Sarah got the privilege of sleeping in for most of the morning. Um, she decided that she wanted to sleep in instead of going to church, which I said, absolutely fine. And, uh, yeah, her and the baby just snuggled and had a good time doing that. And at one point I tried to call her and I went to nothing happened. The dog's behind me, if that's distracting you Doggy. guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is his window behind me where he likes to sit and watch traffic. <laughs> and then sit behind me and snuggle, snuggle up to my shoulder. So, yeah. anywho, um, yeah, I constantly have animals all over top of me. There's just no way else around it. Oh, yes. Um, but no, things are... <laughs> well, let's go with this. In my actual personal and job life, not great right now, but uh, I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I'll believe that. Uh, but I'm happy to be podcasting, talking about my favorite show, and getting the chance to see two of my favorite people on the whole planet. So, yeah. And the last night when I was watching, I LOL'd a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, As the kids I told no Sarah, longer like, say. Wow. 
the last episode say, oh. was real short. She goes, yeah. I go, yeah. Uh, we barely cracked an hour. <laughs> One hour and 50 seconds. That includes the uh, ad and the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I was just crazy because I was like, my gosh, like there is not a whole lot to say about this episode. It's probably, probably the longer we go on, I may <laughs> change my grade to an F or a D. I don't know. Spoiler alert, Abby has not yet listened to that episode. It's fine. <laughs> you haven't listened to that episode? Oh. She's like four episodes behind at this point. It's better than mom what? who's all of them behind. Oh my gosh. And Toby. Listen. <laughs> the wives will be on more episodes than they watch, and we have accepted that. <laughs> we are just happy that they allow us to do this, and they will participate begrudgingly. <laughs> it's okay. Toby's hasn't seen any either, so it's okay. I'm clearly the best. Of course you are. You're, You're not, not the wrong. most specialist. <laughs> Yes. That's the same type of things I had talked to Grayson about the other day about being humble. Because he goes, Yeah, I'm just the nicest. <laughs> humble and proud. Let's talk about is. being humble, honey. <laughs> so, speaking of being humble, Brett, I think it's time for us to get into this episode. I think it is. That's not the best segue, but let's get into it. <laughs> We're well, looking let's at. Let's go this. Alan Matthews is not the most humble. He's so that's really why not. To... He's not. That's. There you go. We're looking at the 13th episode of season two, Cyrano, and I've got uh, pick your own adventure for synopses because, well, Disney Plus does it again. The Disney Plus synopsis is Corey is asked to play Cupid. That's it. The better synopsis is Sean and Corey are strong armed in helping Frankie charm Gloria, the girl of his dreams. Their tips help Frankie score a date with Gloria. The problem is, Gloria just happens to be Harley Kiner's current girlfriend. Now, this episode, written by, by Susan Estelle Jansen, directed by David Trainer, originally aired January 6, 1995. Celebrations, good-looking people, we have broken into the 95s. And Woo. currently enjoys a 7.4 rating on IMDb. Now, following up on last week's brand new game show segments, uh, let's see if you two, since we got our guest in the booth, can guess the Nielsen ratings. Now, since you haven't what? listened to last week's episode, the Nielsen rating system is how TV shows, uh, it's a little bit different now, but back in the 90s, it's a big part of how shows were determined to be successful or not. It was a number that gauged how many millions of homes were watching the show. There was a little black box that would sit on your TV. It would gauge and see and measure what you're watching, when you're watching, how long you're watching. So in millions, mm -hmm. I want you to give me a number. This, last week, the first time I was finally able to get numbers. Last week's episode was 17 and a half million. So 17.5 million for a turnaround. So... What do you think the Nielsen rating for this? How many in millions did Cyrano draw? I don't know why, but I want to say 26. <laughs> 26, Abby? I would go with 18.3. Uh, 18.3. If this were Price is Right, Abby, Abby would have busted. Tyler would have won because he got close <laughs> without going over. 
22.1 million. Wow. Oh, man. That was kind of close. This is... I wondered if it was going to be in the 20s, but that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, this is the highest rated episode in season two and number four in the entire series. Wow. Uh, Once in Love with Amy is 24.1. That is the highest rated episode in the entire series. Wow. Number two, She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not with 23.9. And Risky Business with 22.7. I can't believe that the wedding episode didn't draw the biggest. Well, it was in season seven. So by that point, you've got kind of a dip in viewership. No, no. It got better as time went on. (laughs) Quality might have, but viewership. (laughs) Well, the viewers back then, (laughs) outside of us, were wrong. (laughs) Well, Brett, as you know... This episode actually begins in uh, the classroom. That's good. Right we, away, we're getting into the main uh, poetry that is driving the episode. So, Abby, as our resident uh, theater slash uh, expert when it comes to plays, um, what do you know about Cyrano? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about Cyrano. So, Abby, let's backtrack for a moment, because I'm pretty sure I said months ago, hey, Abby, you should come on on the Cerno episode, because that seems right up your alley. And you said, yeah. So you're telling me our expert on all things plays and Shakespeare and everything doesn't know a thing about the play we brought her in to talk about? You're looking people, you can't see it, but Abby has pretty much doubled over. Well, dear viewers, I'm going to have to do a little deep diving on the fly now. (laughs) That's fine. We'll just keep that in. (laughs) But they have a nice discussion about uh, Cerno. The basic gist is that he is not really good looking and he tries to help a buddy to be able to get the uh, attention of a young fair maiden. And she starts to fall in love with his words, his poetry, all those things. And uh, the guy that he's friends with is kind of dumb as rocks, Um, but he's good looking. And so he helps his buddy and she eventually falls in love with the guy who's dumb as rocks. It's to my understanding. I personally have never, you know, watched a movie, seen the play, or been a big theater person myself. So, you know. (laughs) What what are you looking at me for? (laughs) Because you're our special expert correspondent. (laughs) Are you familiar with any other adaptations of Cyrano? I probably do, but I wouldn't have known they were adaptations. <laughs> I I myself have seen several adaptations, um, but uh, I, I was rather intrigued by uh, Topanga's. First of all, Topanga being in more than just a drive-by, uh, hello, goodbye, I'm so at the New York malls. But her interaction yeah. with Mr. Turner that leads to some classroom discussion here. That is so sweet and so noble that he would sacrifice his own happiness to help his friend. Other opinions? Loser. loser. Well, okay, <laughs> define loser. 
big dip. It makes no sense. I mean, he likes this girl, and then he passes her on to another guy. Dip. The biggest. <laughs> can you refute the dip theory? Cyrano performs a totally selfless act, and he does it for the sake of love. That is so romantic. Why? What does he get out of it? He knocks himself out spewing poetry. His friend gets the girl. All he can do is go home and blow his big nose. Rebuttal from the estrogen section. Boys don't understand passion and romance, and will never understand women. And that's why all of you will spend half your lives confused and the other half paying alimony. I'd say Topanga's got a pretty, pretty sound handle on middle school boys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a pretty standard response and, call, you know, back and forth between Corey, Sean and Topanga of, you know, this guy sounds like a loser. No, he sounds romantic. Right. That's why I said a loser. <laughs> yeah. So, so now. Abby, you're you're more in tune with uh, being in the high school crowd, yeah. and you're closer to the middle school crowd than you know a couple of dads are. <laughs> Would you say this is an accurate depiction of seventh or even all the way up through tenth grade perspectives on romance? Definitely, hundred percent. No, yeah. So, Abby, you would say that most boys would say it's not worth it to be selfless if they're not going to get anything for it? Mm, I think it probably depends on the situation, but most of the time, probably, yeah. <laughs> Big dip. <laughs> I, I did love just how direct and mean that both the two boys were being, but also I... I like that we're hearing the real Topanga's voice again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as we were talking before about kind of these little drive-bys that we're getting as of late with her, it's like, she's not being a real character. They're just kind of throwing her in so they can say, well, Topanga's in this episode. Indeed. Because Topanga is opinionated. Topanga is going to speak her mind and knows what she desires. That is what we love about her. Stop making her this one-dimensional character, Boy Meets World. That's right. We go to the backyard, Mr. Feeney's backyard to be precise, <laughs> and Alan Matthews is wheeling out uh, and apparently an anniversary present uh, for Amy. A trash compactor? <laughs> for your anniversary? How surprising. That's the whole idea. I mean, I went all out on this one. This is top of the line, and this is two tons of pressure. You put coal in this, baby, you get diamonds. <laughs> That might have been a better way to go. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. I'm certain that you got her exactly what she wanted. She, she does want this, hmm? Oh, oh, yeah. She's been talking about having a compactor in the kitchen for years. Well, happy anniversary. And I hope you have others. Oh, Feeny Sass. Love it so much. So, Abby, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves right yep. here, but... Have you ever seen either of your parents, or not even your parents, but other parents, you know, as they've gotten older into their marriages of maybe a swing and a miss when it comes to the old anniversaries or presents given to one another? Maybe not anniversary specific, but I've seen it in general. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. <laughs> You want me? It, it's it's about you. What? Go ahead. You want me to? 
I'm just thinking of all the times uh, mom asks you to do something and it just isn't done the way she wants it to be. Yeah, but that's that's not a present, though. It kind of is. It definitely is a present. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Okay, so Abby, I want to explain something to you. Yeah. See, a present is a gift that you give somebody. <laughs> it is a gift. Now you can you can gift a you know cleaning or some form of you know manual labor, but you can't complain about manual labor if it's a gift. Yes, you can. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is Brett thought he did a job well done, and Kelly later on went along like, ah, he just didn't do it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, uh, you're, you're the boys are inside, and Alan... <laughs> We're continuing in this path of Alan comes in real cocky and kind of arrogant. Oh, yes. <laughs> and very firm that he is ready and has the perfect gift. And it, not, they not really quite wanna... the level of bask in the awe that is me, <laughs> but still yes. very, very cocky. <laughs> yeah, very cocky. And, uh, you know, he asked the boys, do you want to be on the card? 17 years. Do you want to be on this card? I suppose there's room for all on my love bus. <laughs> and your name is... Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I love that uh, Eric catches on very quickly that Amy does not want this gift and makes it very clear that it's just a Alan and it's not the two boys. Oh, yes. Oh, Eric is very quick. Do you would love from Alan? Just Alan. Nobody else. <laughs> See ya. Corey is not quite that fast, but Eric is, and Eric's good brother, good older brother, mm -hmm. saves Corey from it. <laughs> Probably oh, yeah. more so because Corey was going to spill the beans that they both were wanting to be on it, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it was very kind to Eric to do that. Seems the type of thing that Abby needs to be aware of. <laughs> is that supposed to mean <laughs> it, it's nothing I, i'm sure it's nothing intentional it's just an encouragement to remember <laughs> to, to 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 remember to to save your brother if you're ever in that situation yeah definitely <laughs> yeah that's gonna happen 100 <laughs> percent well, from what I'm learning so far is that apparently at some point between the 16th year of marriage and the 17th year of marriage, you get very cocky in how you feel things are going to be as a husband. And this is a year of learning for Alan Matthews. It is indeed. Yeah. But how do you feel about them being a January uh, wedding? Oh, I, I feel that's a very appropriate time of year to get married. Very, very appropriate. I, I couldn't think of a better better month to get married in. I mean, May's a pretty good month. <laughs> I mean, May's good, but... No. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, but based on the weather, <laughs> you think it's more of a fall time period. Oh, uh, yeah. Here we are. I mean, back to I Philadelphia know we weather. I Christmas... <laughs> Of, like last episode, but good golly, like they're not even in like a heavier coat. Yeah, really not. I mean, Alan's running around in just a jacket at best. Corey's running around in just a flannel, uh, basically a flannel shirt later on. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and thus continues my annoyance <laughs> of Boy Meets World and their not taking serious of the Pennsylvania weather <laughs> for the show that takes place in Pennsylvania. Maybe it's a post-apocalyptic Pennsylvania where it's really hot now. <laughs> you mean it's now? It's now, Abby? Is that what you're trying to tell us? It's Pennsylvania with global warming climate change. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they slipped into a time, a time warp. Uh, Amy makes it pretty clear very quickly that she does not want this gift. She wants nothing to do with it. And she doesn't want dinner to be ruined, so they should get moving. Call me crazy, but this is exactly what you said you wanted. Yes, Alan, and a trash compactor would be a lovely gift on, say, a, a Tuesday. You said you wanted compactor. I get compactor. <laughs> Why oog wrong? <laughs> You don't want to be late for dinner. Ooh, not sleep in cave tonight. I do love that he has that running bit of, like, <laughs> when he messes up, he tries to joke about how he's basically a caveman and doesn't get what he did wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun little defense mechanism he has. I, I do like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We move to the hallway. Yes, he's not the only gentleman in the episode who's on the outs with his significant other. Yes. We go to the hallway and we see Harley and his cronies. And for the first time, we learn that Harley's got a girlfriend. <gasps> That's right. It's Gloria who has the most <laughs> the most Jersey of Jersey <laughs> accents, who is played yeah. by Mathia Webb. It's first and only time we're going to see Gloria on Boy Meets World. 20 acting credits on her resume. She appeared on shows like The Jeff Foxworthy Show, Renegade, Silk Stockings, Men Behaving Badly, Step by Step. Step by Step. Day by day. And day uh, by day. <laughs> and other. <laughs> I think you freaked out our dogs. <laughs> and my others. dog's used to my antics, so he's fine. Yeah, your dog's right behind you, good looking people. His <laughs> dog is right behind second. him and did not move. My dogs on the other end of this call are directly above me and freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mathia has not acted since 2001 Couple of producing credits since then But really doesn't do much in Hollywood anymore I will say this is the one time I actually looked into A, uh, a one-off character's IMDb She does have something in production right now mm -hmm. uh, But I have to say This is again another great character Who should have been on more I agree. We, we, we've we got this whole running list of one-offs that we mm -hmm. want to see more of. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like there's almost like an entire other show that could have been going on with all these other bonkers <laughs> characters that come one time and then they leave. Like, Gloria's a fantastic character. Like, mm -hmm. bring her back right now. Agreed. Very much so. <laughs> Fanfic yeah. for next time? Yes. No, no, I mean, you write it. No. 
<laughs> My fan fiction days are long over. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I used to write a lot of fan fiction. Now I don't. Middle school. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, is that we need a Patreon level where Abby writes fan fiction for one-off <laughs> characters. If I get part of the money, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write for cash. Yeah. <laughs> we'll write fan kick fiction for cash. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, anywho, they're having a bit of a spat about how Carly's kind of disrespectful and doesn't uh, doesn't really show respect to Gloria and her family, and mm -hmm. even insults her mother at one point. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was her father waiting by the window, but it was her mother. Definitely didn't want mm -hmm. to come in then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Joey gets one line slash one scene where he tries to, you know, get them to stop arguing and they both tell him to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yes. The next the next word you were here not will not be mine. <laughs> Joey, cram it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like the next Joey... Uh, 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 shirt needs to be a wow, buddy, uh, like a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> so, he is that a promotion from rat or is that a demotion? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the difference between a rat hole and a, a oh, dive, a, cork, cork, a hole in the wall, a dive. Yeah, <laughs> um. So anywho, they're having a bit of a spat. Joey tries to, you know, bring the two of them together. And uh, th we notice that Frankie's or Joey's. No, it is Frankie. Wow. Yeah. We notice that Joey. Oh, gosh, Lee. Frankie's quiet time. Yeah. Frankie's a little quiet. <laughs> yeah. Frankie's having a little quiet time. He's not he's not being himself, mm -hmm. which. How often do you think Frankie's really talking when they're all hanging out? It doesn't seem like much. Like No, but as the enforcer, he probably wouldn't be sitting forlornly by the garbage can. Well, I mean, I will. Oh, my gosh. I just thought of something. Uh, Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. Frankie is uh, Fazine. And Joey is uh, Anigo Montoya without the skills. It's just the way those two banter back and forth and how big Frankie is. I can see it. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> I can see it. My name is Joey the Rat. <laughs> you insulted my friends. Prepare to get killed by Frankie. Prepare to be talked to death. Let me tell you about my friends. <laughs> So, of course, then if I don't have it, Greg, kids, then I'll be that weird guy on the, <laughs> on the park in the park. <laughs> Wearing a raincoat. <laughs> Abby, um, welcome to what it's like to record with us when we just swirl <laughs> throughout the episode. Are, are you up to the episode where we have figured out Joey's backstory for sure? I don't think so. He's a pastor's kid in our heads. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Abby's on board with Joey's backstory as a pastor's kid. Good. Probably youth pastor's kid, really. Probably. <laughs> Those are the worst. <laughs> so, anywho. Um, so, Corey and Sean are feeling kind of dangerous. 
Yes. <laughs> That's to walk through the halls very boldly proclaiming this kind of a, an attack on Harley's hair with yeah, no worry that he could be there that close to right. the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, unless they figured out his schedule and know, like, what days he's not going to be at school, what day he's not going to be around, and now he has this new girlfriend and it throws his schedule all out of whack because he's wearing nicer shirts and he's around more, you know, that all could play <laughs> into it. I think there's just dumb seventh graders here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a strong chance. Abby, have you ever seen any dumb... Teenagers talking about something that they shouldn't be talking about, running into somebody that they shouldn't run into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Any stories that you can share? You don't have to incriminate the people. Incriminate people. Um, I do know one of my favorite things is that we call my band director Dusty because his first name's Dustin. And uh, we've never called him that to his face until my friend almost did accident. <laughs> they were a mess the rest of the day. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> Very nice. Very bullying of your adult uh, leader. Well, anywho, uh, Harley uh, catches the two boys and uh, is ready to pound them both into the ground because that's what he does. That is. Yes. Nice little visual gag with uh, making Corey test out his hair to prove it's not greasy. <laughs> he falls immediately. <laughs> it's inner That's ear problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, then, as as he is, what, what he likes to do is to threaten to beat up. As we've talked about before, you know. Harley really likes to threaten to be them. Mm -hmm. It says he's going to do stuff, and then he really doesn't. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, Gloria is a little concerned about these seventh graders and uh, what Harley might do to them. She is, and I think Sean has a little something to do with that. Harley, why would you waste your time pounding us when you could be spending it with Claudia Schiffer's cuter sister? <laughs> and I don't think Harley likes that. Turn it off. Turning it off, sir. <laughs> Yeah, well, and we've talked about Sean just has this natural way of interacting with girls and turning up the charm. And I don't think he's fully aware that he was just flirting with Harley's girlfriend. <laughs> I think he might have been a little aware. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think he was aware of just how dangerous it was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's that level of I'm being cute, but also, you know, I'm flirting. Yes. <laughs> I'm a lamb. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, apparently, Frank or uh, my goodness, <laughs> Harley agrees not to pound them into the ground. But he does give uh, Frankie the opportunity to. Yes, because he promised Frankie pinata for his birthday and didn't follow through. So here's two of them. Yeah. So the three of them go into the cafeteria for a little pinata pounding or yes. slot twist. Maybe not. The way I see it, you guys got two options. One, 
you die. I'll take number two. Yeah, number two's looking really good to me. Number two is you do me a favor. Done. Happy to. You just name it. I, Frankie Stacchino, am in love. <laughs> Where's this going? She is a goddess stepped down from heaven. The most beautiful creature I have ever seen. Her voice is like the tinkling of bells. And her eyes also tinkle like bells. Well, that's real sad and tender. And what do you want from us? Help me woo her. What? Woo her. What? I've watched you guys. You're a good little talker. And you, girls seem to have a thing for you. I want you guys to coach me. Frankie's poetic soul is just so much in love that it's even tripped up. Her eyes also tinkle like bells. <laughs> but yes, he wants to he wants to spare their lives if they will coach him. I, I do have to say there is a lot of talk about death in seventh grade. <laughs> Corey and Sean have encountered their mortality many times through their first mm -hmm. half a year of seventh grade. That makes well, sense. Again, that's a thing. <laughs> Abby, say uh, words. Oh, I said that makes sense. <laughs> did, did you have bullies threatening death? Well, not bullies, but friends definitely every day threaten death. Threaten death? Uh huh. Like, ser like seriously? Well, no, but it's it's a normal thing. <laughs> Did you ever believe that they would kill each other? She's thinking too hard. That's not a good thing. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. I will say there, there's a point where all teenagers get into the lexicon of, well, if this happens, I'll die. If this doesn't happen, I'll die. I'm going to kill this person. I'm going to kill that person. If this keeps going, <laughs> I might just die here. Very true. And it is heightened reality here, so. That's just being dramatic, really. Of course, if so, yeah. there were real death threats in a real school, that student would no longer be in that school. <laughs> yeah. And a character like yes. Harley and Frankie would not be in a real school these days. Right. Well, and, okay. So that's my problem with today's TV bullies is they're more in line with a Harley, a Joey, a Frankie, and you cannot do the things they did now. And the other type is the super jockey bully, which also does not exist as it used to as well. Unless someone would disprove me. Oh, no. Most of the sports people I know are really nice. So. So what does what does a current modern era bully in a typical high school look like? I'd probably say, but uh, <laughs> that's so rude. No, but my, okay, sorry. <laughs> my point being is that I think at this point, and Abby, you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of more nerds are learning that they can use their intellect and their words to really mess with and make people feel worse about themselves, no matter how popular or cool they are. If you have a way to mess with people and get inside people's heads, 
you're going to do that, especially if you're smart enough to figure out the technology to make it happen. Well, I would definitely do that. I've not been in that situation yet, though. But I definitely would. <laughs> so you're saying you would become a bully? No, I'm saying I would fight with words. It wouldn't be a bully thing. But if I had to stand up for someone, definitely. <laughs> so you're saying metaphorically you might nacho someone's uh, locker? Maybe. <laughs> you're so very non-committal this episode. I know. <laughs> Methinks Very sketchy. the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the Dane. <laughs> yes. Doth guilteth. <laughs> so Nine. anyway, the anyway. the, the uh, proposal is out there. Corey and Sean are not sure that they're the right guys for the job. No, no, they're not. But. They're pretty convinced pretty quickly when they realize they could get pounded into the ground. So, And Sean doesn't agree. want to die before he knows what Wu is. <laughs> yes. That would be a travesty if Sean died before he learned what Wu was. Even though he's doing it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Abby, do you know what Wu is? Yes. I do know what Wu is. <laughs> what is it? Wooing. Is okay. Uh, it's it's time for a little lesson here. So when you woo someone, you go in, you take them probably by the shoulders, grab them right, <laughs> and then you go to you look at their face right in the eyes, and you go, "I love you." <laughs> and, <laughs> Excess of caution. It might not work. They might file a restraining order, but but it, it could work. <laughs> That's the basics of wooing. <laughs> so to, so I'm getting this straight. So your mom will just be in the kitchen, just hanging out, and your dad will come in and put his hands on her shoulders and look her deep in the eyes and just go. I love you. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and woo has been achieved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh. Uh, don't worry. I covered that later in deep times. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, we go to the Matthews household and we... Catch up a little bit on the whole uh, trash compactor gift. And uh, it didn't go well for Alan. He's uh, no, it did he's not. trying to make up for it by doing a bunch of chores. Yeah, cleaning the gutters. Uh, Amy was right. They were clogged. He's going to take the trash out because Amy's got this really nice. Uh, uh, she's making some dinner, I'm guessing. And she chops this head of lettuce really severely. Nice punctuation there. It's going to take the trash out. cut, too, by uh, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't looking either, so. No, that's, no, that was that made good. it all the more impressive. Instead of a melon head, it's a lettuce head. Mm -hmm. It's his turn. Yes. There have been a couple of murders so, in Matthew's uh, kitchen. <laughs> so I was going to ask you this, Brett, but since we have our resident uh, teenage expert oh. on, 
no longer our Shakespeare and play experts. You'll have to <laughs> You've been demoted. Have it's um, okay. Have you ever seen either of your parents doing extra chores whilst the other parent is upset with the other one? We're trying to make up for past mistakes. Probably. I don't think I pay attention enough to <laughs> notice if that happened, but my guess is it had to have happened at some point. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Sometimes it oh, just yeah. happens to be to try and ease stress and tension. Yeah, I see that all the time. But like an actual argument, I don't think I pay enough attention for that. <laughs> There's often times when I don't know how to say this. Sometimes I'm in the right, <laughs> but when Sarah's being stubborn, I'm just going to be like, then I'm going to go clean and I'm going to be so nice to you that you'll have no choice but to eventually apologize. <laughs> Kill him with kindness. I will heap burning mm. coals onto your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dishes are pretty good to do whenever you're getting frustrated with your partner. That's for sure. Chopping wood would be even better. I, d uh, I don't have a wood burning stove, though. <laughs> I like to, when I'm feeling really stressed, chop down trees. Yeah, that is quite enjoyable. <laughs> I'm actually due to chop down another one here soon. Not this week, probably next week. I do love when Alan takes the uh, trash, the noticeably uncompacted, fluffy <laughs> bag of trash outside, and uh, yes. he sits down and George comes across the fence and invites himself to that conversation. I clipped a, a good chunk of it for us. She asked for a trash compactor, and you went out and got it. Kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> no-brainer? No, it was a real time saver, wasn't it? I mean, you didn't have to sit around thinking about her, racking your brains about what she would like, what would make her feel good, what were the things about her that you love. Ooh, I missed that exit completely. <laughs> and just time to back up? On the Husband Highway, there's very little forward traffic. Just a million well-intentioned men backing up frantically. <laughs> You've been down that highway before, huh, George? Yes, I have. Before it was paved. One of my favorite Alan and Mr. Feeney conversations. Well, I love that we're starting to get a little bit of Alan and Feeney together. Mm -hmm. It's not them against each other trying to prove a point. It's them both trying to figure out life and, you know, Feeney being a little mentorish for mm -hmm. Alan. Yeah, he brings in the advice that he's had that, you know, his experience and shares it right into Alan. And just like with Corey, he saw the mistake that was about to be made and he let him make his own mistake. And here he is with some advice on here's how it went wrong. Here's why it went wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, Abby, um, you know, we make mistakes too. And it's okay. <gasps> no way. <laughs> and sometimes people have to speak hard truths to us as well. That's crazy. Sometimes. Some people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you. Me. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's happening. I, will say, I always find it funny. 
when we have an episode, it's like, hey, welcome back to Tyler and Brett have to step up their game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I love I love that interaction with the two of them. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gold. Really good. It's gold. It really is. And I really love when uh, Frankie comes into the living room and uh, Eric's just kind of greeting Corey and Sean when they come to the door. Hey, Cor. Hey. Sean. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, we have an interesting interaction between Eric and uh, Frankie. Uh, Brett, did you happen to get that uh, little clip I sent you? I, I did. I, I selected one one little section of it for you. Come tuna! What's up, tuna? We can have some tuna for dinner? <laughs> I bet you're sick of tuna, right? Probably have tuna every night. All right. Tuna. <laughs> tuna. Oh, thank you for selecting that from <laughs> the office. Uh, actually, that is my favorite episode, so thank you. One of one of the highlights of the series for me as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love. Tuna. Uh, I will tell you real quick. Uh, I do listen to the Office Ladies, mm -hmm. great podcast. They don't need our plug. They have plenty of people that. Oh, listen. they have a big but, audience of their own. Yes. Yeah, probably one of the biggest recap podcasts as audience. But uh, one of the things I loved is they were talking about being pregnant and being on the show, and uh, Angela at the time was pregnant, and so she said, "What a joy that must have been for my." baby in my womb just hearing her mother and just all of her mom's friends just laughing so hard because they're like that's all we did that episode and we don't know how we got through it mm -hmm. <laughs> so i'm hoping with this current writer's strike we'll get some great uh episodes like that eventually that would be fantastic it would be yes abby i don't know if you know this but there's a writer's strike going on right now i think i heard about it <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I watch cartoons. <laughs> Abby watches anime. So there's this thing called writers. Okay. We don't need to go that far. I am a writer. We don't need to go that far. Okay. All right. So writers in Hollywood are unionized. So if they're not paid correctly, they go, hey, either pay us correctly or we strike and Hollywood's like, we don't need you. We can do our own thing. <laughs> and probably about 100 days, they'll go, hey, writers, we really need you. They'll realize chat GPT can't write scripts for them. <laughs> Are you sure mm -hmm. it's going to be 100? How about like 10? <laughs> well, they're already a couple of weeks in now, so. 10 more. Yeah. Well, they said the last time it was like about 100 days that they were in strike for. So. Yeah, it, it happened back in 2007. That's when I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You are you are a baby. It, it happened a few months before you were born. Yeah, so uh, we we discover that Eric used to get his lunch stolen every day by Frankie. Yes, he did. It's uh, a tuna on, was it white or rye? Uh, wheat. Wheat. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anywho, uh, so then as Eric is leaving... <laughs> Frankie goes, all right, see you later, Tuna. Yes. <laughs> tuna. Which immediately made me think of Andy Bernard from The Office going, Tuna, big Tuna. Yeah. <laughs> tuna. Tuna. That's exactly what I Yum. thought of last night while I was watching it. <laughs> I did think of something else, but I was like, there's just too many references, so there's no point. 
<laughs> All right, quick aside on The Office. What a great transition from a really bad character to an amazing character, mary- amazingly <laughs> loving character. Like the got the Michael Scott treatment within five seconds. It's great. Yes. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Back so- to the show. With the poetic soul of Frankie as they're trying to coach him on how to talk okay, to guys, a girl. Okay, guys, teach me the ways of love. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really a it's a beautiful scene because uh, Corey and Sean are very very honest and very open with him. They're 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 very much trying to help him. Yeah. Now, Abby, I will ask you real quick. How would you feel? If one of your friends got advice from a seventh grader on how to talk to a girl. I would probably make fun of them a lot. (laughs) So you're the bully. When it comes to my friends, yes. Who doesn't? I knew it. I said there's a (laughs) bully right behind you. But of course, this is why we have to consider that this this says seventh grade year, but <laughs> let's not treat them as seventh graders because seventh graders know nothing. And clearly these guys have some basic understanding. It's almost like they're yeah. more like eighth graders. Almost. <gasps> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But anywho, we have uh, Corey holding up a pillow, acting as a girl. <laughs> And uh, Sean giving him words to say and him going forward and then realizing that all he needs is for Sean to be in his locker behind him to be able to uh, communicate to Glorio what he needs to say. Exactly. Just feed him the words. That's all he needs. Mm -hmm. Just like Cyrano. Gas or gas? I don't gas. <laughs> okay, I have to say you are so distracting because one second you'll be like this, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? You over here? You over here? I can't sit still. <laughs> That's believable. It's seriously, like when you guys moved away and I'm trying to talk to you and you're just bouncing on your parents' bed. And you're like, oh my gosh, girl, just tell me how you are. And you're like, I'm happy. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Oh, uh, so the boys are in Frankie's locker and here. Uh, and, and here comes Gloria. This is hard for me to say. This is hard for me today. <laughs> because I've watched you for so long, and I've always dreamed of telling you how I feel about you. Because I've watched you so long, <laughs> and I've always dreamed of something. What are you saying? I love you. I love you. You do? I've always loved you. I think about you all the time. If you were my girl, I would treat you like the magic princess that you are. You know, your friend never talks to me like this. Perhaps he is not racked with the love that consumes his entire being. Do you want to go get a burger? (laughs) I would love to. I love that what Frankie really needed was just the encouragement to say what he was feeling. Mm -hmm. They just needed a push. Almost... Right. It's almost like once he unlocked, like, oh, that's what I feel is is love. 
and it was able to help him that then he could say everything as he needs to say it in his words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just needed that little push to get him started and he could roll down the hill on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and Corey finally puts the pieces together that he figures out who the girl is and I love when they jump out of the locker and they see, and Sean goes, oh, oh. Frankie does the same thing because he's still in that mood. Uh-huh. Uh, real quick, uh, to our high school resident mm-hmm. of uh, all things, lockers, can you fit in them? Can you fit in them with another person? I'm small enough that I probably could fit in it, but definitely not with another person and no one much bigger than me. (laughs) Because, like, Corey and Sean look comfortable. That's a very spacious locker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very spacious. (laughs) Like, probably the size of, like, my couch type size of locker. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could, and that's, I believe that's the same locker that Sean spent his first afternoon in at the school. Listen, it's either Sean's locker, it's Joey's locker, it's <laughs> Frankie's locker, it's whoever we need locker at the time. I'm pretty sure it was Eric's locker at one point. <laughs> Eric, did I see you shove your brother in the locker? <laughs> <laughs> Now, we will get like a consistent Corey's locker, like in a few within an app, like a season. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the end of this season, we start getting like a consistent spot for like, quote unquote, this is where Corey's locker is. Uh, and everyone kind of gathers around his locker and we use his locker, but um, we don't have that just yet. Right. But uh, what we do have is Harley showing up and. Corey cracking under pressure very quickly without much effort on Harley's part. Oh, no. It was Sean. Sean's <laughs> the one that spilled the beans. We were in the locker the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that the boys tried to sell that they were the ghosts of themselves, that Frankie had really already killed them. <laughs> and they were <laughs> floating away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I really love Sean uh, trying to do the whole legal evidence thing. Nobody saw us. No witnesses. And without witnesses, it's all just circumcised evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're a younger listener, ask your parents what that means. Uh, we're not here to explain it. <laughs> there will be no deep dives. Anywho, uh Harley grabs the two boys and off they go to find out where Frankie and Gloria are. Mm-hmm. Which we discover they're at Chubby's. I'm an ocean, an ocean of love for you. Yes. That burger at Chubby's is very romantic, I hear. The thing I keep thinking about is Frankie has a poetic soul and he is communicating his feelings and. Uh, Harley doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't she be interested in Frankie? Because he says a lot of nice, kind words. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it really, it, it really lets itself out here. And what uh, she tells Frankie or uh, Harley as much. Now you got me doing the same thing. <laughs> she tells Harley as much Sorry. that 
you know, he doesn't say nice things to her. He doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't think of her. I get you things. I got you tires. And <laughs> three of them. <laughs> three of, yeah. Not even enough for a whole set. And uh, Corey tries to play the peacemaker. And uh, Polly, I can explain. I look forward to hearing it. I went behind your back and stole your girl. <laughs> I know this is a betrayal of our sacred trust, but I have no choice. I am but a pawn of love. How could you do this to me? You want to know how? I'll tell you how. All it took was somebody saying something nice to me for a change, making me feel special for a change. I make you feel special. I get you stuff. What did you ever get me that made me feel special? Tires. Steel belted. Three. The guy came back. You never think about what I like. I ain't got that kind of time. Well, maybe you should have made some time. I mean, maybe if you cared about me and thought about me instead of all the time thinking about you. If I thought about you, who'd think about me, huh? Guys. What? You know, every couple goes through this. I mean, you're going through it. My parents are going through it. Your parents do this? Well, not quite as loud, but yeah. See, my mom's mad at my dad because he got her a trash compactor for their anniversary. <laughs> what a yutz. Oh, yeah, that's a long way away from Taya's. Yeah, so Corey tries to play matchmaker, or not matchmaker, but peacemaker, and he lets Harley know that uh, his parents aren't going to split up over an argument like this, and it that they always work things out. But Corey doesn't know how because Corey is a seventh grader who doesn't have that type mm -hmm. of a relationship. But Harley really mm -hmm. wants to know how they manage to make things work out. And so that, that sows the seed in him. Well, it does bring up two things, though. A is that Harley's probably never seen a stable relationship where arguments don't lead to something worse. Mm-hmm. And B, when he says something to the effect of, well, if I'm thinking constantly about you, who's going to think about me? And it's just that abandonment feeling that he and uh, TK have that their parents weren't there for them emotionally, mentally, mm -hmm. spiritually, just um, we'll get into it a few a few minutes of. Since we're here, let's talk about it. But Harley makes it clear that he'd ask his mom, but his mom is drunk right now. Yeah, she's already passed out. It's four in the afternoon. You know, she's already done for uh -huh. the day. So, you know, addiction is a real problem. But if Harley doesn't actually have an actual adult for him to go to, it makes sense that he acts like an adult himself to comfort himself and take care of tk mm -hmm. yeah because he stepped you know we saw it in sister Teresa. harley stepped into that role of of parent slash older brother and he had to pull his inspiration for what a father figure is from what he saw and what he saw up to that point would not have been a good role model a good example and so he did the best he could with what he had and so when he mm -hmm. does come into the Matthews door asking for advice, it's really an honest moment for him when he asks Amy, please, Mrs. Matthews, I have nowhere else to go. 
He really doesn't. He has no other female figure of wisdom to seek out that he has in his life that he can go to. He has no other mother figure, no other, no other parental inspiration that he can seek out that he knows of that he could trust. Mm-hmm. Abby, any thoughts? No, not really. All my thoughts were said. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I want to make sure that we get the guests, so that's why I ask. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but I, yeah. I love that Harley Kiner shows up to the back door and, you know, Amy is curious who this is, but she doesn't treat him any way other than just you're another kid, another teenager who's hurting and I'm willing to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And she, she treats him with kindness that he probably doesn't normally get. Mm-hmm. And treats him like he is a kid. Yep. And in turn, we see a much softer, kinder, and a different version of Harley than we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Very much so, yes. A, a respectful Harley. You know, he refers to Amy as Mrs. Matthews. Alan is Mr. Matthews. He's, with the exception of trying to walk out with the teacup still in hand, he's very respectful. He's very polite. You know, he does. He's very curt with his answers. He is, uh, you know, he he does not come across as as a thug. He is a very he's he is a hurting young man just seeking. Help and love. Well, and he also refers to Corey by first name in front of his mom. Mm -hmm. And I think he's just a way to be respectful. Yep. Yeah. No mention of that. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I also like that Amy calls him out pretty quickly of like, oh, so you're the Harley that everybody's scared of, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He seems a little proud of that at first. Yeah. But also like... I think he's almost taken aback because unlike most teachers, she has no fear of him. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I love about Amy is she is in control of the situations that she is in when she is trying to help a young person. And mm-hmm. Indeed. We'll see that continue. <laughs> yes. And then Eric comes by once Amy <laughs> and uh, Harley are sitting down sharing some tea. And Eric is willing to go to the mat for Amy. <laughs> okay. Is he willing to go to the mat or is Eric in his comfort place and know that if he says some questionable things, he's in his own home and... If Harley does anything, that Harley would then get in trouble and not him. I think it's probably a little bit of both. What do you think, Abby? I was going to say the same thing. A little bit of both. I don't <laughs> definitely. So I say definitely a lot. I need to stop using that word. <laughs> Crutch. <laughs> yeah. So Eric is a little lippy, and then he walks away, and 
Well, and he kind of gives him a little. He doesn't walk away. <laughs> Eric is kind of uh, forced away. Harley kind of drink a tea in my kitchen. What's going on? Because he's not very receptive to this idea of Harley seeking help. Oh, he's getting in touch with his inner thug. <laughs> no, and that's my point of he's getting a little cocky. <laughs> I don't know. But anywho, uh, he goes away and he starts talking with Amy about what's going on and about fighting and about how, what happens. And Oh, geez, Mrs. Matthews, I'm not so good with feelings and emotions and all that Ricky Lake stuff. <laughs> feelings and emotions are what it's all about, Harley. I'll bet you Gloria thinks a lot about you. Well... Who could blame her? <laughs> then you should think about her. How you feel about her, how much you appreciate her. She's my girlfriend, isn't that enough for me? Why does she need to be appreciated all the time? Because that's how you show people you care about them. By thinking about what they want, or would make them happy. And by the way, who, who are you? <laughs> Just a fella who took a wrong turn on the highway of love. Been there. So, Harley, you gonna talk to Gloria again? No. You were correct when you said I should think about what she wants. And what, what she wants now is Frankie. This is how it is to be. I shall have to wait my turn and another chance for love. Yeah, so Harley has actually made a very mature choice that rather than try to force himself back into a relationship with Gloria, he realizes that he has done enough damage that he has taken her for granted and that he will step back and allow her to be with Frankie because that is actually the very mature route to take in this situation. What do you think, Abby? Was that a mature choice? Yeah, it's better than fighting. I've, se I've seen enough love triangles to so know how that goes. <laughs> All right. Quick poll, Abby. Who wins in a fight, Frankie or Harley? What kind of fight? Fist fight. Harley, I think. Maybe. No, I actually think Frankie could take him. If he really <laughs> wanted to. I think it's pretty evenly matched. <laughs> I don't know. Frankie's the immovable object. That's true. <laughs> he moved. <laughs> I don't know I think if he wanted to he could take him down but I don't think he would want to is the thing I don't think he'd want to hurt anyone no that would be the one thing he'd have to get through is mm -hmm. that that uh, that piece in his mind that would say he can't fight him mm -hmm. I was just going to say that uh, again this group talks a big game about death and fighting but are they really fighters and are they really going to do that yeah because you know we said before they talk a big game but we've only really seen the actual menace in harley's eyes when it comes to tk harley and frankie would never fight amongst themselves our two sharks are coming face to face and well, they could have come face to face, but Harley decides he's going to swim away and mm -hmm. allow the two of them to see what they have. Yes. And then we'll never see Gloria ever again. Ever. So 
clearly it did not work out because we do see Frankie and Frankie is single. <laughs> yeah, but again, this show has a one-off female character problem out the wazoo. So yes, it does. And how would uh, how would your better half describe that? Sexism, sexism, the patriarchy, <laughs> all of it, misogyny. Um, but I do love that Alan comes in towards the end and just. Mm-hmm talks about of why you support them and love them and care for them and pay attention to them. Yep. I do love he goes, who Who are are you? (laughs) And Corey answers that question for him. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I do love that he tries to walk out with uh, the teacup and he's like, "Um, Uh, teacup, that's ours. (laughs) Yeah. Good Ah, eyes. Fast. (laughs) Good eyes. (laughs) And and Harley pays him a great compliment. You're a lucky man, Mr. Mr. Matthews in reference to Amy. (laughs) Thank you. And again, again, who are you? (laughs) Right. And he's, he's respectful the whole time. He is very much so. And Alan has learned his lesson. He walks back up to Amy and lets her know that every day is a gift and pulls out a pearl necklace with 18 pearls, one for every year they've been married. But they've been only, mar- only been married 17 years. So there's one for the year they weren't married. Haven't you been married for 18 years? Well, we were married in 2005. I just know it was two years before I was born. <laughs> so since that day already passed, it will be 18, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> my mathing. Are you, are you mathing? Math is my worst grade. Okay, I don't know if yes. I'm mathing. <gasps> yes. Yay! <laughs> yes. There was a pearl for the one year they weren't married that Amy says was a good year, and Amy and Alan start necking, <laughs> and Corey wants to know what that means, and they won't give him an answer, and he says, "Get a room," and sits down and continues to watch them. <laughs> Yeah, I did lean over to my wife and I go, oh, sounds like they didn't have a very pure uh, year together. <laughs> well, Alan was either coming out of the Navy or going into the Navy or on tour with his band around northern Pennsylvania. So we, we haven't figured that out quite yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, OK, this would make sense if they met while he was playing in the band and then she kind of. Followed them, went with them. I don't know. <laughs> it was their stylist, uh, like in that thing you do. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, in the in the tag, I, I clipped Mr. Turner's uh, wrap up conversation with Corey here. So uh, why, don't, why don't we listen <laughs> yes, to that? Please. Tell me what you learned. All right, love is something you can never take for granted. So if you find someone you really, really care about. Never buy your tires or major appliances. Matthews, a very mature understanding in the mystery of love. You are wise beyond your years. Corey, you gotta come quick. The girls' volleyball team is running laps. Oh, baby! Would you argue, Abby, that's a uh, fair representation of the uh, male psyche in high school? Yeah. You know, we didn't get a whole lot of Mr. Turner this episode, but I think that's yeah. okay. He bookends it nicely. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, Brett, should we get to the deep dives? I think we should. People, people. 
people, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So let's start with dip. Because they kept using it, and I was like, what is the deal with that? One of the definitions of a dip is a stupid or unsophisticated person. So I'm assuming that they're using that word to say that this guy is stupid for doing what he is doing, which seems pretty accurate for these guys to be using that in that context. Let's get to Cerno. Uh, it's a play written in 1897 by Edmund Rostend. The play is a fictionalization following a broad outline of Cerno de Orcarac's life. De Bergerac. Yes. The entire play is written in verse and rhyming, complete with 12 symbolisms per line, very close to the classic Alexandrian form. The verses sometimes lack a casura. Sure. It is also a meticulously researched down to the name and the members of the Academia Franchises and the Dames Precisius. Glimpse before the performance of the first scene. The play has been translated and performed many times as uh, responsible for introducing the world to Panches into the English language. Cerno himself makes reference of my Panchi. In the play, the famous English translations are those written by Anthony uh, Burgress and Louis Untreyer. Yeah. We, I mean, the show does a really good job at going over the gist of the actual play, of there being someone uh, of interest and guy who is deformed and not very good looking being a problem and stepping aside for the good of her love. Premiere of this play was December 28th, uh, 1897. Original language is in French, so the setting was in France. The actual setting is supposed to be France in 1640. Interesting. Things we learn. I really thought we had an expert who was going to do more research for us on the specific topic, which is why I mentioned it to her months ago, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia Schiffer. I'm not going to give out when she was born because I feel that's mean. Just know it was in August. Uh, she's a German model and actress uh, based in the UK. She rose to fame in 1990s as one of the world's most successful models, attaining superstar model status in her early career was compared to Bridget Broad. Interestingly enough, she used to date David Copperfield and is married to famous director Matthew Vaughn by far one of the best X-Men movies uh, ever put out and the uh, Kingsman is pretty darn good as well Ooh, and also Stardust that's a good movie you know she is just one of those people that was quite used uh, ambiguously throughout the uh, whole of the 90s has not really done much acting after uh, Love Actually uh, she was at the end of the movie really just kind of enjoyed fame and living life with other famous people, essentially, and having kids. So, wooing. What does that mean? I already told you what that means. So, wooing, one definition is you go up to someone and you put your arms on their shoulders and then you look into their eyes deeply and you say, I love you. Another definition, however, uh, is to seek favor or attention or love, specifically in a view 
to marriage, seeking to win, seeking to invite, essentially, or uh, to a verb of seeking of affection or love of someone, usually a woman, or, or to court someone, solicit favor or approval. Essentially, it just means the active of trying to pursue someone, trying to confirm your feelings for someone and to gauge their feelings for you as well. So a way to woo someone, Abby, could be, you know, you do things that are nice to them. You write them notes. You draw them pictures. You, I don't know, like all their photos on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I mean, that's kind of creepy. That's but creepy. Depending on who it is, you know, it could be enjoyable. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's basically flirting. It's another way of saying flirting. That's what I said. No, you said you put your <laughs> hands on someone's shoulder. That's flirting. Creepily, That's intense flirting. <laughs> it's the best kind yes. of flirting. So, compactors. A uh, compactor is a machine that is used to reduce the size of materials such as waste material or biomass through compaction. A trash compactor is often used by business and public places like hospitals and in the United States uh, can also be used in homes is to reduce the volume of trash they produce and baler rack compactors is often used in making compact uh, wrapped bales in order to improve uh, logistics. So essentially, my dear friend Abby, if you were to buy a trash compactor for your family, the whole goal is that you're just reducing the amount of size and space that is required for how much garbage needs to get tossed away it's like that thing in monsters inc when she yeah (laughs) yes that is exactly what it is like it is just like the uh well in monsters inc they're going through a conveyor belt and things are smashing and it's it's a whole dramatic scene where he thinks that boo is getting crushed and smashed and whatnot but yes eventually everything (laughs) is compressed and compact it's it's almost like a wally Oh, I love Wally. <laughs> so everything comes in and he compresses everything, puts it all together, and thus now is a new smaller thing that is all compressed and compiled together. The other thing, so by far the most famous version of a trash compactor that we see takes place in just a little tiny movie that uh, only few fans have ever seen called Star Wars. Oh, yeah, that's a cult classic. Most people have never heard of it. Also referred to as A New Hope. Famous scene where Luke, Leia, and uh, Han Solo, who quote-unquote shot first, they get into a room and is the trash compactor where they are going to crush everything, make everything smaller, so they can then ship it out into space. How and why everything is super liquidy and super wet down there and how there's a monster down there. Who's to say, but, you know, space adventure. I personally don't see much use for a compactor in my household. Brett, have you ever considered getting a uh, trash compactor? Not seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if it just became a popular thing of like the rich people have a sp- trash compactor and they're becoming a little bit more easier to get and so people with certain status said we have to have one and 
If memory serves, in the mid '90s, it, it was a popular uh, piece for those with more disposable income to have in their houses. A, it was a status symbol, but B, the practical application was you could, because if you were having more guests over, you were hosting more gatherings, you would generate a lot more trash, but you would not want to necessarily pay for extra trash to be hauled away. So if you could compact everything down, you would, in theory, be able to fit more trash into your bins to be hauled away. You can compact things yourself. Just throw it in the trash can and jump on it a few times. <laughs> but no, this device does it itself. And <laughs> roughly, Abby, for about $1,000, you could have a trash compactor at your house, too. And this compacts it a lot smaller. <laughs> I'd rather spend $1,000 on different things. Those are your deep dives for this week. All right, so. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? So, let's talk about what we learned. Let's turn it to our guest first. <laughs> Abby, what did you learn yes. from um, this episode? I learned that tires are not good gifts, and neither are major appliances. Good lesson. Mm -hmm. It's a very good lesson. <laughs> I learned that if you find someone you really care about, never buy her tires or major appliances. <laughs> but seriously, do not allow yourself to be complacent in your relationship so that you take your spouse for granted, like Alan and, and his own relationship Harley did. Because... You're not showing love. Love is something you choose to do every day when you wake up. And if you are taking your significant other for granted, you are not showing them love. So do not allow yourself to get to that place in your relationship. Tyler, what did you learn? Well, as we know, quite often when we talk about the things we learn, it's normally a review. So I think one of the things that I was just reminded of this this week is that sometimes when we have arguments, we're not arguing with the person we're arguing with. We're arguing with ourselves, And we sometimes will conflate and confuse the direct argument we're having with other things as well. Um, you know, and also just it's so easy to go, well, this is what you said you always wanted. And I loved how Feeney was like, well, that was nice of you to only hear that one thing that she wanted and didn't think any deeper beyond that. It's a no brainer. Yeah. With that said though, sometimes a no brainer gift is not a bad idea, especially if you know that they've wanted it for a while and do communicate of, yeah, this would be a nice anniversary gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if you hear this could be a nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? Shall we grade Cyrano? Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> Abby, what would you grade this episode? Give it in a minus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like. What would you give it? 
Oh, did you want to expand any further? Oh, no. No? No. Okay. Uh, I landed on a solid A. Um, a lot of really great stuff, solid message. Uh, we really got to explore a lot of where Harley is coming from. I really liked seeing that. Alan and George, always a great pairing and getting to see even after 17 years of marriage, Alan is still capable of learning and growing. And, uh, you know, just little things here and there that are a little bit off, but nothing too massive. So solid A. What about you, Tyler? Yeah. You know what? I'm bumping it up to an A+. Um, this is a really good classic episode of Boy Meets World. Um, there's a lot of good interaction with different people, especially a lot of combinations that we haven't seen before. Um, and I know one thing that the, the cast as later years have gone on to say is that the writers liked writing different pairing to see what would come of those different pairings. Mm -hmm. And I really like seeing Harley chatting with Amy and love seeing, uh, Alan kind of in a student role with Feeney and Feeney trying to guide Alan just a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't also mind that Mr. Turner kind of took a backseat this episode and was kind of got, something plugged into Corey's head. Um, and also we see evidence that Corey's doing better in school mm -hmm. and he's learning stuff. Yes. And Isn't he, that amazing. Yeah. He impressed Mr. Turner. He learned and he's applying what he learned in his life outside school. Yeah. So no, this is a fantastic episode. And again, we have a great one-off female characters. We're, you know what? I'm going to say it. We need to do a bracket of one-off female characters <laughs> to determine the ultimate one-off female characters. There you go. Good looking people. Let's, let's see your brackets as well. Abby, I want to see your bracket. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love yes. doing brackets. We're probably going to have to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, Tyler, I believe you have a uh, a dad joke for us because uh, I just checked. We don't have any emails. <sighs> That's disappointing. <laughs> I really did enjoy our very uh, old English uh, email we got a few weeks ago. So. That's from me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've if anyone, caught up to uh, that. If you know anyone who reads on air. More fun emails like that, we'll read them. Yes, yeah, so we did read it on air. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. What is red and bad for your teeth? Um, uh, tomatoes. A brick. <laughs> that would be bad for your teeth. Yes, it would be. <laughs> and with that, good-looking people. Yes, and with that, uh, we officially wrap up another episode of Dad's Meat World. That's right. Thank you so much to our guest, Abby, for stepping by again. Yeah. Hopefully, next go around, she'll be a little bit more prepared and be able to tell us about the <laughs> historical and classic nature yeah, of uh, what we're talking about. In fairness, though, they okay. weren't performing Cyrano, so it makes sense that she wasn't fully prepared, but, you know, maybe I'll give her 
I don't know, five months warning that we're going to be talking about another episode again. <laughs> oh, good looking people. But we always love hearing from you, even if it's not about Cyrano. You can drop us an email at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our YouTube channel at Dad's Meet World yes. or any of our social out. profiles. As they check out those shark shirts, we we are ours are coming and we're so excited we cannot wait to throw those suckers on uh i'm really excited yes and uh we're gonna you're gonna post some pictures on our social channels once they get there right well of course all right yeah (laughs) so yeah the uh they'll be on sale through the end of may so good looking people when this drops you'll still have a couple weeks to get yours all proceeds benefit uh emma's footprints so check that out as well What's the uh, email address for that, Tyler? Emmasfootprints.com. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, I blanked on the top of my head for some reason. But oh, uh, thank you, so good-looking yeah, people. Great organization. <laughs> we had a great time here. Thanks again to Abby for stepping into the booth. Can't wait to have you again. Yay. Until next time, good-looking. See ya. Bye, good-looking. Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story. You need to talk into the microphone. Your face is nowhere near the microphone. Yes. There we go. Yes, you have to be talking into the mic. Darn. Okay. So you either need to turn towards the mic or you need to just put the mic more towards your face. Hi. <laughs> oh, that is better. Make out with a microphone. That's essentially what we're trying to do here. <laughs> There's our intro. <laughs> Wait, we need some banter beforehand. Oh, we did. We, we talked about making out with a microphone. <laughs> Because our, our guest that doesn't, doesn't count as, as fun banter. Sure, it does. Your child's I, on this podcast. Yes, yes. And she doesn't know that she's supposed to be close to the mic and she has to be delicate and, and friendly with it. You podcast with that mouth? Every week. <laughs> Sorry, I'm learning new things about my phone as I'm doing this on the phone. There's a blooper. Yes, you must dance in the chair, remember? I'm petting my cat. Your cat's over here by my feet. (laughs) So, Abby, go ahead. Am am I I saying happy anniversary? (laughs) No, I'm just teasing you. (laughs) Uh, Nobody saw us. No witnesses. And without witnesses, it's all just circumcised evidence. (laughs) <laughs> I love me some circumcised evidence. <laughs> I I thought for a moment, do I look that up? And I said, no. <laughs> we'll leave it as a ask your parent. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so when we took our break, um, mm-hmm. but you know. The thing I keep thinking about is
<laughs> Achoo. Sorry. I just love. Ow. Cat. Cat. Kitty. <gasps> kitty, 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 kitty. That's going on bloopers. Okay. Again. He cannot hear you. I have headphones. No, I don't care. I know. It doesn't matter. But I have headphones. I don't care. 